there, creatives. I'm super happy to be back on the mic and uh, sharing this uh, next uh, season, if you will. I don't officially have my uh, sections of podcast labeled as seasons, but since I took a two-month break off during the summer, which I feel like I'll definitely be honoring that again next year and taking time off um, during the holidays, I might take another two months off of um, during December and January as well. Um, it feels nice to be back and I'm really excited to share uh, the interviews that I've been um, recording with folks. I think uh, it's going to be really great content and hope that you enjoy it. And I hope that you were able to do what you needed to do um, to honor your pace and season in your work and your life over this summer as well. And um, this first episode back, um, I think it's episode 135, is with a former art therapist turned website designer. Uh, and her name is Monica Kovach. And she um, and I talk about how she kind of made that switch and how she runs her business, uh, which is called Hold Space Creative, which is such a beautiful name um, for um, thinking about, you know, our work as a holding place and a holding environment. And, um, and she is thinking about that in how she creates and designs websites specifically for therapists. And so I really hope that you enjoy this episode, learning about her, um, how she helps uh, people write copy and, uh, and design their, their site. And um, yeah, enjoy. The Creative Psychotherapist is the official podcast of the Creative Clinician's Corner, a practice-building resource for creative psychotherapists. TCP Podcast is the cast for creative, expressive, and experiential-focused psychotherapists curious to learn how to design, build, and scale a thriving private practice. Your host, Raina Lombardi, interviews successful therapists about the tools and strategies they have used to develop creative-focused practices. They also talk about the products, services, and side hustles they have developed, using their knowledge and creativity to enhance their therapy practices, make a greater impact in their communities, and diversify their income streams. Welcome. Now here's your host, Raina Lombardi. Thanks so much for listening to the Creative Psychotherapist Podcast. I'm your host, Raina Lombardi, and I'm very excited to welcome my next guest, Monica Kovach. And she is an art therapist turned designer. And um, she worked as an art therapist and counselor, and now she's designing, uh, doing web design for therapists. She's passionate about making therapy more accessible by helping therapists present themselves in a more accessible way. And she lives in Michigan with her two kitties, Bubbles and Pearl. And when she's not designing websites, she can usually be found somewhere in nature. Welcome, Monica. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Raina. I'm so excited to talk to you. I am too. I am too. So tell us a little bit about um, your background and your story of, you know, obviously you're doing work as an art therapist and a counselor, and then, you know, you end up shifting into web design. Kind of what was that? How did that happen for you? Yeah, so um, it's kind of a long winding story, but <laughs> as most career stories are, I think, but um, before I was an art therapist, I um, was, you know, getting my BFA in fine arts. So um, my focus was actually photography, but I had always been super passionate about art and design. And kind of during that process is when I discovered art therapy and just like the, the concept of putting our internal experience into visual terms into the external world was just like, that's exactly what I want to be doing with my life. And um, 
So then I pursued art therapy and counseling and um, was loving that, but just unfortunately experienced burnout, just really mm -hmm. severe burnout and had to actually leave the field. And during that time when I was kind of reevaluating, like, what do I do? How do I continue um, doing the work I want to do, but take care of myself in the process? Um, I started an online coaching practice mm. and um, just kind of like playing around with, you know, using my skills and, uh, but in a different way, in a way that would like better support my <laughs> mental and physical health. Um, and during that process, I, you know, was learning about online marketing, um, sales, everything like that, and created a website for myself and really just drew on the design um, and art background that I had, um, and as well as all the marketing stuff that I was learning, copywriting, et cetera. And just was loving it, you know, like I was very much in my element and um, learning as I went, but then um, around that time, I had some friends from the therapy world that were starting their private practices. And, um, you know, they're like, I need a website. I have no idea what I'm doing. I love what you've done with yours. Can you help me? <laughs> and I was like, absolutely, I can do that. <laughs> and that just sounded so fun to me. And so um, I started with with just like friends and colleagues. And then it just kind of kind of exploded from there where it was just like, they referred me to their friends and, and colleagues. And um, it, it, what happened for me is I realized that all of my background in art therapy, uh, counseling, as well as art and design was just kind of all coming together. Yeah. And I was able to be this like translator between the two worlds of therapy and marketing and design. So mm, I love because it because those those two worlds can be very separate and like speaking two entirely different languages. But I was in a position where I was like, oh, I actually understand both, and I can do something here to make a difference. So that's kind of that's kind of the short version. <laughs> no, I love that. I love how you listen to your intuition of what was right for you, and that by just following something that brought you joy and you were excited about led into what you have now. I think that's really yeah. inspiring. Yeah, um, thanks. Yeah. And I think for a lot of people, the work that we do as therapists and counselors can feel really heavy. And um, if we're working in agencies for a long time, it, it can feel super draining. You don't have enough time for self-care, things like that. And um, so knowing that there's possibilities to change um, and still contribute to the work in a meaningful, helpful way, um, I think is a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah. That's, there's so many possibilities and our, our skills that we learn as therapists can be applied in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that we don't have to be directly having that contact with the client themselves to know that the work that we're doing in support of the person that is doing that work is part of our contribution, um, I think is a cool thing too. Yeah, absolutely. So now that you've, you know, you've been doing this a while, um, what are some things that you've learned about web design specifically for therapists that are, you know, wanting to have a private practice, they're not really skilled at web anything. It's like a foreign language and they know they have to build a site, but they're hesitant to build a site. And they think, oh, well, I'll just use the one that Psychology Today gives me, which is like a freebie site, um, instead of building their website. If somebody was going to say, all right, I'm gonna do it. I, I'm gonna commit it, commit to myself. I'm gonna create a, a real standalone website for my practice. And I'm going to do it myself because I really don't have the money to invest in paying somebody thousands of dollars to build the site. What are like two or three things that um, 
that you would recommend that those folks did to set themselves up for success in that process? Yeah, that's a great question. And um, so I think the first thing that comes to mind is <laughs> to stay away from the, the um, kind of built-in websites that you find on um, directories and, and things like that. So really prioritize having that standalone website. No matter where you are in your practice, that is my number one recommendation to set yourself up for success. You want 100% uh, ownership and control over your website. Um, because in the long run, that is going to be a lot easier to manage and grow. Mm -hmm. So if you start, if you're like starting out and you're like, I have no idea how to set up a website. I don't even know the first thing to do. I'm just going to do the easiest thing, which is to use this free website that, that, you know, a platform is giving me mm -hmm. or pay a little extra, whatever, because that seems like the easiest thing to do. Well, then three or four years down the line, if you're expanding your practice, maybe you're adding clinicians or you're writing a book or creating a course or something like that, and you need to add extra pages to your website or um, rebrand in some way, those, a lot of times those really starter kind of um, limited websites are just that, they're limited. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you will probably have to end up changing platforms at that time. And when you do that, you're basically having to start at zero, like meaning um, in terms of your website's authority on like on Google, I'm getting into the weeds a little bit here, but like um, basically the sooner you can set up your very own website, the better, even mm -hmm. if you don't have plans to expand in the future. Um, the, even if you have like a simple one page website that you own, that's the perfect scenario. Um, so that's number one. <laughs> have your um, own website. You need the standalone. I agree. Yes, I agree. Absolutely. You should be able to own it and, um, you know, not have to like work through anyone to make changes. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's mm -hmm. certain platforms where you have to like, um, you know, ask them to make a change for you or get a developer on board. And it's like, don't, you don't need to do all of that. There's so many great options out there that, um, don't require you to do that. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, that would be one thing. And, and that's honestly why I use Squarespace for mm -hmm. the websites that I design, because, um, that is a platform that if you build a website on that, you own the content, you own your website. If you want to move away from Squarespace at some point, you're not going to be penalized or charged for that. Um, so that's, you know, that's a big reason I use that platform. But um, so then, yeah, other other ways to get started would just be to, um, that was your original question, right? Yeah. So it's like, you know, for folks that they're really unsure about developing a website because it's not something that they've ever done, just some basic tips to get them started to, to help them to see that this is accessible, that they can do this. And um, you don't have to make yourself go nutty over it. <laughs> I think sometimes it's like the, um, it's so intimidating, right? That it feels bigger than what it actually is. Yep. Yeah. And that just kind of brings me back to my, you know, one of my kind of guiding mantras, I guess, which is like, uh, the simpler, the better, you know, mm. I think it, it can be so easy to overcomplicate things in general, but especially with websites. Mm -hmm. Um, and it doesn't have to be super fancy, <laughs> you know, it just has to be you, you know, it has to represent you. So that was, that's maybe number two and number three, number two being, um, you know, the simpler, the better, keep mm -hmm. it simple. And number three, you know, make sure it represents you, which is a lot easier said than done, but, um, a really easy way to get started is just to have some professional uh, headshots taken, have some, um, have like a photo shoot day with some, with a photographer that you admire and um, have them take some photos of you that where you feel like, you know, your best self, your most authentic therapist self. And that way you can just add those pictures to your website and then 
all this like within a matter of seconds it represents you because there's unique photos Mm -hmm. of yourself I think that's the thing that's that's maybe the, the easiest um fix I guess for a website that feels too uh generic it's like mm-hmm. add photos of yourself because people want to see you and and see and feel your personality so and I think that that in particular really feels uncomfortable for a lot yeah. of therapists because we're like we're like used yeah. to being invisible of like this isn't about us it's not about me yeah. I don't want to put me out there because um you know it's about the client but I think there is a piece of like the client wants to know who you are. They want to see if you're the right person to help them with the uh, problem that they have. And if you are going to be opening a private practice or doing some like coaching or consulting, there has to be that element of personal visibility um, that people can see you or hear you, um, in, in some way more than just text on the board. Yes, um, absolutely. That is something that, um, that I run into all the time. I, I talk to pretty much every therapist I work with about this, <laughs> um, this visibility piece. It's so, and I experienced it too, you know, just like going into, developing my own website, being in the online space, I was like, I do not want to be this, like, I don't, I don't want pictures of me. Uh, I want my work to speak for itself. But exactly like you said, our, you know, your clients want to know who you are. Um, because, you know, therapy is, is very vulnerable, and it's, mm-hmm. it's built on trust. And so if they can't see you, literally, <laughs> on your right. website, that is a big indicator to a lot of people that like, I don't, I can't really trust this person, even Mm -hmm. though they might be able to, once they start working with you, hiding behind our websites, not putting pictures up is in a lot of, in a lot of ways, like inhibiting um, growth and inhibiting, inhibiting um, like accessibility, like making it easy for people to, to start therapy. Yeah, that's it's so interesting because it's like a it's like a paradox. Yeah. Um, and I I think for a lot of folks just starting off, right, there's a lot that has to be worked through in terms of that visibility piece. I, I too definitely was like, oh no, like I don't uh, no, I don't want to put myself out there like that. And um and but the more that you learn the mo- and the more that you practice it, the more you feel comfortable and that it's like a natural thing um, yeah. to be putting yourself out there. And it Absolutely. makes a huge difference in bringing people in. Um, yeah, I think, you know, what helped me kind of reframe that was just like, this is in service of my clients. This isn't about me. It's not about being like, presenting myself as like an influencer or some like, you know what I mean? Like, right. It's, it's in service of your clients to be visible. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure if that helps anybody listening, but that definitely helped me. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by my practice, Florida art therapy services. And we provide uh, art therapy services, mental health services, and high quality uh, supervision for licensed folks in Florida, as well as for um, art therapy credentials. And we also provide uh, experiential based continuing education programming. uh, And we provide that for licensed folks in the state of Florida, but also uh, our continuing ed can be used to satisfy uh, the requirements for the Art Therapy Credentials Board continuing education requirements. And 
we have a couple of course, courses that really focus on developing supervisory practice. Uh, one is a 12 hour Florida qualified supervisor training. It's a two day training. And we have a couple of options coming up this fall for folks. We're going to have an in-person in-office training, which will be limited to 15 people on September 24th and 25th, 2022. And it's going to be awesome. We're going to be engaging in lots of really great experiential activities. I teach this class with uh, Amy Strom, who's a licensed clinical social worker. And part of what we do is um, have you engage in creating a sand tray um, about your supervisory identity and uh, as our kind of culminating event at the end of day two, which is always really fun. We haven't done it in person since pandemic hit. So we're really excited about that. We also have another zoom training also two days, and that's going to be October 15th and 16th, 2022. Um, and we'll still engage in experiential activities and we make plenty use of, um, the breakout rooms and interactive group discussion and things. So if that sounds like uh, something you're interested in, if you're a licensed uh, therapist in the state of Florida, uh, please go ahead and head over to our website for artherapyservices.com and you can find that under the continuing education tab under 12-hour Florida qualified supervisor and I haven't added the next date yet but we will have um, a date coming up for a six-hour supervision and art therapy training which I hosted earlier this year which was really wonderful we go over theory, uh, structure, applications, practical aspects, plus didactic and uh, experiential um, based activities to really uh, synthesize the, the learning that we're uh, engaged in. And so we'll be adding another opportunity for that this fall. So if that's something that you're interested in, you can find that under the continuing education tab as well. And um, we have a couple of other trainings too coming up. So check that out and enjoy the rest of the podcast. I think it will. I think it will. Cause it is about that switch. Cause we learn that, you know, we're like the blank slate and mm -hmm. we're, you know, part the, our parts of self aren't supposed to be made visible. Yeah. And, and this is a complete opposite of that of like, no, like you have to be visible and it's okay for you to have some vulnerability in that visibility because then the client sees you as human and, um, and experiencing the same things as they are and not some like superhuman person who's above all of it. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and on that point, you know, the, just the kind of taking a blank slate approach, one of the biggest reasons I got into, you know, and decided to pursue this web design um, path was just, you know, trying to search for my own therapist was was really difficult and and seeing website after website after website of people taking the blank slate approach where mm. i was reading a lot of text on websites but like not seeing pictures not really being able to discern who these people were so mm. if you have so many of us therapists taking that approach it's super hard for people searching for a therapist to know like who's going to be right for mm -hmm. them and yeah. so that's another way to think about it too. Like the more, just that there's so many people taking that approach. If you can be the person that's showing a little bit, you don't have to show everything, but like right. showing a bit of your humanness, um, it's going to help the people that need your services find you. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. So I know that the way you're your company is structured as you offer like a couple of different ways of working with you. Can you share a little bit about how you came to offer copywriting templates for people that are building their website? Because I think that part is really intimidating too. As mm -hmm. therapists, we're so used to like, you know, writing academically 
And, you know, you go to grad school and you have to write all these papers and every, there's these really long, complicated sentences. And um, it's, it's a different way of communicating versus the writing that you put on your website. Um, (laughs) So can you talk a little bit about like what, what inspired you to create these templates and how people can use them to really create unique pages that speak to who they are, but also call in the clients that they want to work with? Yeah. Um, so yeah, my, my copywriting templates are really based off of, um, you know, my, my custom copywriting process that I don't offer anymore. Um, but I, but I used to offer in the, in the first few years of my business where I was working with therapists one-on-one on custom websites. And in this process of, of writing their copy for their websites, I was asking them these questions to get to the heart of the type of work that they were doing. And then from there, I would write the copy, the marketing copy. So basically I would translate what they were saying into marketing copy, which was just making, kind of putting their words into language that like a lay person would understand. Like someone who has never experienced therapy um, and you know their specific niche, right? So mm-hmm. I was kind of doing that, that translating work from academic to copywriting. And then I was noticing as the, as I was doing it over and over again, I was like, this is pretty much the same process over and over again. And I can actually create a structure to kind of teach this translation process. And so that's how kind of my copywriting templates were born. Um, it was just like kind of putting down on paper, like, what is, what am I doing here? When I'm writing custom copy for therapists, what is the process? And so the, the templates um, are that. They're, they're my process of um, translating that academic um, therapeutic language into marketing copy. And so, um, you know, when therapists use them on their own, they can, you know, answer a lot of the same questions that I would ask my custom clients and then go through the prompts to then kind of transform that into marketing copy and then they can just add that to their website so um, I love that yeah and can you share a little bit about why that's important why is this piece important in terms of like making your website be all that it can be yeah um, well I think it kind of goes back to the accessibility piece like if 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 we're speaking a different language than the uh, clients and customers that we want to attract, we'll likely miss them. Mm-hmm. So it's about just like in therapy, it's like meeting with meeting your clients where they're at, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we're not, we're trained not to jump ahead to, you know, problem solving or fixing or, um, you know, pointing out the solution. It's about meeting people where they're at in their current situation. And it's really the same thing with copywriting. It's how do we we meet people where they're at in their experience and connect with them mm-hmm. with words. And um, so I think the approach that a lot of therapists and um, myself included at the beginning, the, the approach that we take is like that academic approach, like um, almost like resume writing or cover letter writing, where it's like, mm-hmm. these are my skills and this is what makes me qualified. And that's great, but that's not what people are going to connect with. That's not what is going to make people like pick up the phone or, or schedule that first session. Mm-hmm. Um, what's connective and what's going to actually make people um, be inspired to take action is reading words that make them feel like, oh, this person gets me. This person really understands my unique experience, you know? Mm-hmm. And the only way to do that is really just to, to use, to meet people where they're at, to use the language that they're already using and to describe their, their unique life experience. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's super yeah. important. I, I think too, there's like, 
there's an essential piece of making the the writing really easy to read yeah. right that that we want to reduce the barriers there too because mm-hmm. um, if people are looking for us they're probably anxious or stressed out and yeah. they're not processing information as effectively as they would be if they were in a regulated state mm-hmm. and I, I feel like that piece is an important aspect of the writing too of like we were saying like meeting them where they're at and understanding where they're at and um, catering to that yeah definitely yeah that's a really good point and that's you know that kind of leads into design as well and that's why that's why design is so important on therapy websites because like you said most people searching for a therapist are in some sort of dysregulated state so creating spaces uh, visually that that feel um, calming regulating are it is is even more important for for therapists mm. so that's where that's where the design piece and the copy can work together to create this environment where um almost like giving people a taste of what it's like to, to actually sit in the in the room with you or over over virtual therapy these days, but yeah. Yeah, no, that's so true. And I love that your business, um, the name, the name of your business kind of pulls that concept into hold space creative. And, um, and it is a beautiful, like translation, you're the holding space and the holding environment of the website is that first taste of um, that container that you as the therapist are going to be creating when you're welcoming people into your physical location or virtual location. Um, but I, I love that, uh, that, that title. Yeah, thank you. That that it's definitely a common thread throughout everything um, I do and the things that I create. You know, it's it's helping therapists understand that yeah, your website does is is maybe one of the first places that's going to hold space for your clients, and so that's why it's it's that important. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so. Tell me a little bit about what are the ways in which you help therapists design their website. You you have your templates, which I will definitely put link to your website in the show notes. And if anybody's listening that um, is struggles with the copywriting, um, her templates are really affordable and accessible too. So if you're just starting out, it's a really awesome resource. Um, but what other ways do you um, help therapists build their website? Yeah, so the primary way is by my um, Squarespace templates. So, um, you know, just like Squarespace has their kind of stock templates, mm-hmm. um, I, I was just noticing that none of them, or very few of them at this point, um, are designed for therapists. Nope. And, <laughs> right. <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, and because, you know, and it's, it's hard to know what therapists need if you haven't been in the therapy, you know, the therapy world and the mental health world. So, um, that's like going back to the beginning, that was part of the, you know, my position as kind of the translator between the two worlds. Um, so I create these Squarespace websites that therapists can then, um, you know, just add their content and publish and everything's there that they need. Um, and they can go from there. But um, so yeah, that's the primary way is my Squarespace templates. Um, I also offer a five-day design service where I um, tailor one of my templates to the therapist's, um, you know, desires. So that's, um, I don't offer custom design anymore. I, I kind of realized that, you know, by and large, most people don't, most therapists don't need a custom website. Um, and so you know, so these templates are um, really accessible and easy to use. And I, I really put a lot of time and intention into um, making sure all of the instructions and guidance and support are there for even for people who have never touched a website builder in their life. <laughs> um, 
but some people, you know, just maybe don't have the time to mm. uh, put together that website, change the colors, add their pictures and things like that. And so that's where my, my five-day design service, and it's called Template Reframe. And so mm. um, I just reframe the template to match the therapist's um, personality and therapeutic style. So, um, and then, like I said, in the, in the course of five days, so we start on a Monday and I deliver the website on a Friday. Oh, that's um, beautiful. Yeah. So that's been a, that's been a popular option, but, um, but yeah, with, with my templates, they are, uh, like I said, very easy to use even for the website beginner. And, um, but other than, other than that, I have other templates, like my copywriting templates. Um, mm -hmm. I have some, um, some logos available on my website as well as, um, some workshops in, uh, kind of, supplementary areas like SEO and oh. um, Pinterest. And so, um, so yeah, it's really trying to craft Hold Space Creative to like Hold Space for all parts of this website experience for therapists. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like the, the, the website is the workhorse of yes. our like marketing. It's really a foundation and um, it's important to invest in that process for sure. Yes. Um, I started my website with Squarespace a long, long, long time ago. And, um, and I had never done web development before either. And, um, but I found it was intuitive and it was easy to use. It's, and it's a beautiful product. They really make it um, easy to use and they really try to keep it a high design experience. So no matter what you choose, you end up with something beautiful. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. then I switched, I, I moved away um, from there and have a, like a, another company that, um, that does everything for me. I have the back end um, access and like a WordPress site, which gives yeah. a little more functionality, but I didn't do that right away. I like waited until it was like, I, I had had been using the Squarespace for years before I made the transition. Um, and yeah. it was just to accommodate more as my practice grew, but I feel like it is a really great affordable tool for people just starting out and be, like beautiful designs. And, um, they, seek you out for your templates. Uh, they can put together a beautiful product to get people to work with them um, without, without feeling overwhelmed by the costs. Because yeah. really hiring like a web developer company, unless you, you're offering some kind of like crazy live streaming integration and you have all mm -hmm. kinds of products and stuff that you're going to sell it's kind of overkill um and it's so expensive mm -hmm. yeah yeah and that's what i've i found too and just the, the time that it takes to develop a develop and design a, a custom website um you know it takes a lot of time and so yeah. you know those the combination of things that that we're talking about was really what what kind of pushed me toward making templates just to make make it easier for therapists to to get up and running with a really well designed website um, but also just make it so that I could help more people and and mm -hmm. you know was um, not spending months on a single project you know what I mean yeah yeah I'm sure too on that end with doing customization there's a lot of back and forth of like what somebody thinks they want and then as you're moving along, they realize that's not really what they want. And, and that, that ends up being um, a whole process. And that part, I think, too, can be intimidating to like, well, I know I need it, but I don't exactly know what I want. Right. That's where the templates can be really helpful because you can look through them for inspiration mm -hmm. and then choose from there. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, um, yeah, like you said, it, it's hard to, it's hard to know what you need versus what you want and, and like what, 
what ultimately needs to end up there. And, and yeah, like you said, that's why I, you know, I set these templates out there to be like, this is what, this is what I recommend. And then if you want to make changes, here's where I recommend making changes uh, to make it your own. And so really just, just kind of trying to cut out a lot of the, um, the confusion and, and questioning that can happen, that can actually keep people kind of stuck in inaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy to find yourself there when you're embarking on something new that mm-hmm. you don't have the skill and it doesn't come with ease yeah. um, for sure. Yeah. So you had mentioned like workshops on Pinterest. Can mm-hmm. you speak a little bit about that? Um, I'm just, I'm curious. I don't really do a lot on Pinterest except for like I cook a lot. I'm kind of obsessed with cooking. And um, so I use Pinterest a lot for like inspiration and recipes, but um, not so much for like my work as a therapist. How can that be useful? Yeah. So um, I also use Pinterest for recipes and also gardening things. I'm always on there, but, um, but yeah, Pinterest is a it's just, it's kind of the same as Google, but it's a visual search engine. Um, and so um, I had a Pinterest expert um, come and do a workshop with me and, and the recording is available on my website, but, um, but we talked about how to use Pinterest as um, to, you know, to, to widen your reach and to attract more people to your website, just like you would use SEO on Google. Um, you can use kind of the same principles on Pinterest, um, but it's just, it's just a more visual platform. So, um, you know, creating graphics that lead to your blog posts and your websites, um, or your website and, um, just kind of trying to, again, like meeting people where, where they're at, you know, it's similar as like using Facebook or Instagram for, for, Mm. uh, marketing and connecting with people. You can do the same thing with Pinterest and, um, and one of the reasons the, one of the biggest reasons I wanted to do a workshop like that is that Pinterest is one of my top social media referrers to my website. Um, and it's fascinating. Yeah. And it's something where I feel like it's, I don't have to do a lot of work on that platform to, to get a lot of return. So I love that. Yeah. And so I was like, I think therapists need to know about this. <laughs> and so we did a workshop and we explained how it works. And, um, and so, yeah, it's, it's something that is just like any, you know, Google or any other platform, those algorithms change and shift over time, but um, there are some really core foundational things that we can do to uh, put ourselves in front of the people that are searching for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that it's getting harder and harder to use platforms like Facebook or Instagram to really connect and reach your audience, um, unless you're willing to pay to play. And I mean, for a lot of us, that's just not a realistic, um, expense in our budget. Um, when we're not really seeing a lot of return. Uh, so it sounds like it's also worth, um, investigating and tracking, uh, your, your analytics, uh, to see where are people finding your website so that you can invest more time in learning how to better utilize that platform and, um, and kind of reinforce that return that's already happening, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm a big fan and I think, you know, I'm things like SEO and, and similarly Pinterest um, are those types of things that are, are really more passive over time. You know, you kind of, you set things up, you set a good foundation and then traction can build over time versus in my experience, other social media platforms where um, the, you kind of have to keep plugging away at it very, mm-hmm. very consistently to, to see a return. And yeah. so just for, you know, speaking of like burnout and um, taking care of ourselves, you know, I was just like, I don't have capacity to do, you know, to show, to post multiple times a day on Instagram or like something like that. It's like, 
right. I just don't have capacity for that. So just was really early on in my business trying to find ways to make that process of reaching people easier. I love that. And I have heard from feedback from a number of therapists that are starting out, like I'm not on social media. I don't really particularly want to be on social media. Like they feel overwhelmed by utilizing that. There's also that visibility piece that comes in and, and privacy. Um, but I think with Pinterest, you do have a little more privacy because you're not necessarily interacting with uh, people in the same way as you do on some of the other profiles that you're putting the information up. People are searching, they find it. If they like it, then it redirects them to your website um, to learn more about you. Um, and so in that regard, that's interesting. I'm like processing it as we're talking mm -hmm. right now. Uh, I could see how that would be um, a more like worthwhile investment of energy and time um, there that because once it's up, it's up and it's not like it's going, it's, it's going to become invisible because you posted it two months ago. It's still within the, you're still like searching for it, where as on those other feeds, you, you have to have that. It's like that, um, hamster wheel of content creation of like, Oh, I got to get this out there. It's gotta be, um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think, um, you know, the effectiveness of it definitely comes down to the quality of the content and, um, who, you know, so I always say like the more kind of niched you are in your practice. So if you have a clear niche, um, it will be easier for you to, to market and to gain SEO and, um, you know, that traction on Pinterest. That's what I've found. Um, so kind of more general content, mental health content might not, um, gain as much traction, especially mm -hmm. right away. But if you have very specific content for a very specific group of people, mm -hmm. then, um, then that tends to work better. Right. That makes sense. Right. Like art interventions for anxiety reduction or, you know, art, art therapy, uh, for children with, um, social emotional learning, uh, challenges or something like that, where, they can like, they'll be using those terms to find information. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or like, um, how to stop a tantrum in five minutes or, or less, or, you know, something like that, something where you can kind of look at the daily experience of your niche and point to something like, like something that they, there's like a continual, um, headache or, or problem that they're dealing with every single day and writing a post about that. And, um, those are the things that, you know, just thinking about like things, the articles that we want to click on, you know what I mean? If the more specific it is to our experience, mm -hmm. the more we're going to want to read it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Love that. Wow. This has been really enlightening and, um, and valuable. And I learned some new stuff today, which I'm always excited about. <laughs> and, um, so I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me about this for listeners that might be interested in, in utilizing some of your services, where should they go? Yeah, well, they can go to my website, holdspacecreative.com and there they'll learn all about my Squarespace templates, my, um, five-day design service that I mentioned template reframe. Um, we also have, this is new, so I forgot to mention it earlier, but we now offer um, Squarespace tech support. So uh, for any Squarespace user, so if you're having trouble with transferring a domain, or let's say you want to switch your website over to Squarespace's newest platform, which is Squarespace 7.1, um, and you want somebody to do that for you, we do that now. So Very um, cool. There's all that info on my website there, but, um, but yeah, everything is on my website at holdspacecreative.com. Awesome. And I know, um, in our communications, you had said you have a, a free email training for, um, 
for listeners and it's called how to become a client magnet. And I will put that link for that in the show notes. So if anybody wants to grab that, how to become a client magnet, um, the link will be in the show notes and it's whole dash space dash creative dash LLC dot CK dot page forward slash seven four six five a d five b seven b so i'll put it in the i'll put it in the show notes um and you can grab it there and um and check out um all that monica has to offer and thank you so much again for being willing to talk with me today and share about the work that you're doing which is a really great service well, thank you. Yeah, it was my pleasure. And I hope listeners get a lot out of it. And uh, thanks for having me. Hey, everybody. So glad that you listened to this uh, first episode back. I'm excited to share it with you. I hope you enjoyed the conversation that Monica and I had. And if you're looking for um, somebody to help you to design a beautiful website, somebody who understands um, expressive arts therapies and how that should be translated in your website and your copy, um, I think you should definitely check out her work at www.holdspacecreative.com. And she also has an offering of a free email training on how to become a client magnet. And so if you wanted to check that out, um, you can go to uh, this particular uh, link, which is um, https colon forward slash forward slash hold dash space dash creative dash LLC dot ck dot page forward slash seven four six five a d five b seven b and if you couldn't figure out how to write that out because write that down because you're listening while you're driving don't worry about it check out the show notes i will have it there for you all right take care and uh, talk to you next week Thanks for listening to this episode of The Creative Psychotherapist. If you like what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. For show notes, downloads, and additional resources, head over to the website at www.creativeclinicianscorner.com.